Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. It was an exciting time in Jacksonville, Florida this past Saturday as UFC 249 took the stage. Tony Ferguson versus Justin Geethy and everyone was in on that action and people had the best place to go. My bookie, for the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay, for instance, if you like a couple of the big favorites this week. Parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. My bookie has more lines and better odds for the player than any other sports book around. And if you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit two grand right now, you get an extra grand in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that promo code is capital. BLV to get your extra cash from my bookie. Bet, win, get paid. My bookie. What it is today is May 13th. It's a Wednesday. UFC fight night. The UFC is back. MMA Mike is back. And uh, we had quite the weekend, quite the Saturday night, quite an eventful UFC 249 main event as well. And if I don't uh, say so myself, not to toot my own horn, Mike, but I got it right. If anything, I got the main event right. You did. Yep, and as close as you really could get to predicting Justin Gaethje to win by decision, and he, he would have if Herb Dean didn't stop in uh, and stop the fight, but good thing Herb Dean stopped the fight because Tony Ferguson suffered a orbital fracture in his cheekbone, um, and he got mangled up, and he was taking too many hard shots, so it was a good thing Herb Dean uh, stepped in. But it would have went to decision. Tony's a warrior, and Tony would have stuck in there. And uh, you would have had it perfect um, if it wasn't stopped right there. I mean, as close as you could get. My prediction, just so everybody knows it for the record, was Justin Geechee over Tony Ferguson in uh, unanimous decision or split decision I don't remember but it was going to go the distance I definitely thought it was going to go the distance because again both fighters were kind of handicapped going into this when it came to their normal fight regimens um you had Tony Ferguson what the fourth round fourth round TKO I had a, I had a fourth round submission finish. I, I I had a feeling I thought it was going to be a submission yeah um, I could have seen it as a TKO, but yeah, I had it as a submission. And we both had our UFC pickums on ESPN, the ESPN app, UFC 249 pickum. Uh, we were how many people were in it? Six, six of your yeah, buddies, six, no. and six, we no. we were five and six. Yep. But I got the main event right. You did, you did. I and like I told you before, I, I took a lot of underdogs. I went with some risks. I thought it would be high reward. I took some guys that I thought other people wouldn't take and uh, didn't, didn't, didn't work out for me. So I got Geechee right, and then I also went with Dom Cruz for an upset. Obviously, uh, Cejudo knocked his lights out. Um, Francis picks up the big win in the heavyweight division. I, I knew for a fact Jeremy Stevens was going to get his basically just clocked by Calvin Guitar. <laughs> Calvin Guitar, to me, like... Let's see here, 27% picked Jeremy Stevens, so I guess Qatar was the favorite. I mean, it was kind of close, though, going in. Jeremy Stevens has more experience. It was close, but a lot of people a lot of people did take Qatar. I mean, I know a lot of people took Stevens, too, but Qatar definitely wasn't an underdog in that fight. And DeCastro versus Hardy, that one was kind of 50-52, just because DeCastro's fairly new. Greg Hardy obviously making the transition over. I think it's safe to say that Greg Hardy is not CM Punk, though. No, no for sure he's not. Um, he's proving that 
he's able to stick in that division. And uh, he's a threat. I mean, he's going to keep learning and he's going to keep developing. And um, he's going to be a threat, you know. He's probably going to take a, a, his next fight. He'll probably fight someone in somewhere ranked 10 to 15. And we'll see how he does after that. And then we had a few of our open-ended questions here. It was how many main card fights will go the distance? I picked two, as did half the half the group. Uh, and there was one. There was one fight that went the distance. I'm shocked. I'm, I'm really, so really shocked. I mean, I guess you could look at it glass half full, glass half empty, kind of like, all right, none of them are prepared, so all the fights could go the distance. On the other hand, one fighter might be more prepared than the other, and then it's nighty-night for one of those guys. Uh, well, yeah, we'll... I, go I ahead. Mean, in my opinion, I thought that I knew Francis Ngannou and and Jarzino Rosenstrike was going to end in a finish. I had a feeling Qatar versus Stevens was, and I thought Hardy and, and De Castro was going to end in a finish, which would have led, um, which really just leaves the the two main event uh, to go to decision. Um, yeah. And, and that's why I picked two, because I figured maybe one fight, you know, would or, or you know, wouldn't, so, strange, but... And then we had, uh, will any fighter on the main card land 100 or more total strikes? And I think we all got that one right, if not, uh, correct me. I'm pretty sure. You think so? I guess we'll have to right. check yours, I mean, you were last, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to see. Uh, the one that I definitely thought was going to happen, you picked him. We just talked about it off the air. Uh, Anthony Pettis over Donald Cerrone. A- after the McGregor fight, I really had no confidence in Donald Cerrone. And again, you said that uh, a lot of people are going to argue that he won this fight. Like, it was 50-50 back and forth. Uh, of course, Anthony Pettis wins by decision here. But at the end of the day, you still think uh, Donald Cerrone wins this when the dust settles? Uh, actually, when I was watching the fight live, I, I thought Pettis won, um, just because I thought he threw, uh, I thought that he threw a similar amount of strikes, um, I thought it was a very close fight, really, a fight like that, you would almost like to see it five rounds, just so the way they have more time to make it more clear or get a finish, yeah. um, and those two fighters honestly could have gone five rounds, they were calling it the main event of the prelims, they, they could have. They could have done it a five round fight, um, and it would have been entertaining. You know, they were they were. I thought just getting into the storm of, of brawling. You know, and maybe that's because they knew it was getting down to the end. But I thought it was very entertaining. Um, they were throwing a lot of combinations. They were landing. Uh, they both rocked each other. I just thought Pettis edged him a little because he was hitting harder, and it, it, so it seemed. He was hitting right. harder and doing a little bit more uh, damage and had his his strikes uh, affect Cerrone more than Cerrone's were affecting Pettis. Yeah. So that's why I gave Pettis the win there in my mind. But I know a lot of people thought Cerrone won that fight. Now, did you catch the uh, post-fight interviews? Did Donald Cerrone have any inkling on to what his future holds? Because I know after the fight with McGregor, he was like, I didn't want to be here and it's kind of close to the end of my career, you know? Yeah, I know. I was hoping that they were going to talk to him in the, in the center of the octagon after the fight, um, but he, he walked out. Uh, I didn't catch his, his interview after in the back, um, but, you know, he was talking about how he wanted to fight on the next two fight night cards. Obviously, most likely isn't going to happen, but I, I, I think, um, especially since it was a good fight, he, he looked like he was having fun in there. I'm just going to assume 
that he's going to want to keep fighting, and I think we'll see him back relatively soon. Um, neither neither one of them took too much damage, so I, I bet we see Pettis soon as yeah. well. Um, and it'll be good to see both of them back. Uh, you know, there's a lot of opponents, and they're both entertaining fighters. What do you think it is right now with Donald Cerrone, though, when it comes to just fight a fighting standpoint you think he just loves it that much that he just wants to keep going with fight nights because he's not getting any like real big you know big money fights like he's not fighting for any prize you think he just loves it yeah i mean i think he uh you know i think he he had fun with that fight they seemed like he had fun with that fight you know i know he i think after round two he hugged pettis like i think he's just having a good time in there yeah. you know um and i think you know i think he thought he probably won that fight um, at least was damn close, but I think he had fun with it, and I think he'll continue to fight uh, because he's having fun with fighting. And when you know, I think when he does think the time is right to to be done, he'll be done. But I think he's got a couple more fights at least. And uh, I was wrong about Michelle Waterson, so she picked up the win. Or no, no, she did lose, and I no, did choose her. Yeah, she lost. See, some of these things split. are confusing me. But it was by, she lost by split decision, um, which I know she thought she won that fight based off of her reaction. Yeah. Because, um, you know, when they called uh, Esparza's name, Waterson looked, looked surprised, um, which I, I, I honestly thought it could have gone either way. I wasn't 100% sure. Yeah. I, I probably thought Esparza won, but I could also see how, how uh, Waterson could, could think she won that fight as well. Let's see here. The big one, obviously, Souza out with COVID, which sucked because... I know, that fight would have been... I was looking forward to seeing him. So was I, and and Uriah Hall is an animal, so that would have been been awesome to see those two fight. All right, I'm definitely tempted to see what uh, you picked. Uh, You got... um, Obviously, that was one of the pre-prelims, so that was canceled. You were two for two, though, in the pre-prelims. Yeah. You were... 0 for 3. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait. Yeah, 0 for 4. Never mind. 0 for 4 in the prelims. Yikes. You got you got uh, 1 for 2. You did get the yes on the... Will any fighter on the main card land 100 or more total strikes? Uh, you said that 2 would go the main distance on the main card. Um, yep, you picked DeCastro over Greg Hardy. Calvin Guitar over Jeremy Stevens. a boy. Uh, yep, Francis picks up a big win. You picked Dom Cruz, too, so I guess you were going to go with one of those upsets. You should have had him in reverse. Yeah, I know. If I had him in reverse, I would have had it, had both those right. Um, it would have put me up pretty high. Uh, probably would have boosted me up into probably third or fourth, but, yeah. um, you know, I just thought it was going to happen that way, and it didn't. Uh, it is what it is, you know? I thought I thought uh, thought Dominic Cruz was gonna gonna make it happen, and obviously uh, I don't know what you thought, but I thought it was a questionable stoppage, and obviously so did he. Yeah. Um, a, a couple fights here and there, you know, and I like I said, I took Cruz because I thought a lot of people would take Cejudo, and that would have put me up, you know. Um, but what are you gonna do? As a, a, a former baseball coach of mine once said, "It is what it is." <laughs> It's yeah. not all sunshine, and, peaches, and cream, Michael. And like uh, Max Holloway, too. Yeah. That radical mongoose. Yeah. 
One thing, uh, though, that was a pretty good fight was Luke versus Price. And uh, Luke obviously got the stoppage after um, cutting Price's eye. And that was a good fight. That was getting into a brawl. Luke looked solid. Price, after round one, really started to warm up and they started to brawl. Um, that that fight definitely uh, lived up to the expectation. Um, a lot of these fights did, honestly. I felt that as the uh, even the prelims, as the whole entire card as a whole, um, prelims and main card pay-per-view uh, combined, I felt like as the whole entire thing kept going, they, uh, it got more entertaining. I thought each fight got better and better. Um, Span versus Alvi, you know, the first fight of the night, uh, I enjoyed, even though um, it's probably hard to, you know, start the whole entire event. You know, there's no fans there. Um, and I, I enjoyed the fight. It was up and down. Uh, Alvi turned it on a little too late, and Span uh, won the first two rounds in my book and uh, got that decision. But, uh, and then, you know, after that, it just was a domino effect of, of uh, more and more entertainment. I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it was a blessing in disguise for Dana White because if this did take place on the 18th of April, wouldn't have had the same success. I mean, people would have watched. The views definitely would have been up. I mean, there's nothing else on. But the fact that he was able to add in some, I, I think uh, Cruz Cejudo wasn't on the card before, was it? That was the co-main event. Um, that was, yeah, well, well, Cejudo was supposed to fight at 250, and then they... They bumped him up, yeah. Bumped, yeah. Uh, so definitely this card is was way more stacked than uh, the original 249. Uh, and I'm pretty sure when we talked before, I think, or maybe I was talking to someone else, I'm pretty sure Ferguson was, like, one of the only people who was on that original card. Yeah. Um, at least that I can think of. I, I, I would have to look back, but... And now that's uh, that's like kind of the one downside of this event that everybody's talking about because for five years we've been waiting to see Tony Ferguson take on Khabib uh, Nurmagomedov. I think I got that right. I stuttered in the middle, but there was one time I got that full last name right on the very first try. It's a very hard thing to do, you know. Yeah. Try saying I, it. Yeah, at first I used to really struggle with it, and then I kind of just say it the way I say it, and then it. I just—that's how it. Here, here. Try know. saying it. Try saying it. Nurmagomedov. Oh, perfect. <laughs> I, I just—you know what it is. I, I just try to imitate, uh, like when he's fighting, when 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 the announcer. But they all call him Khabib. Oh yeah, I know. Or Habibs. You rarely—you rarely hear his last name, so I, I try to listen and then just say it the way they say it. You know. I mean, it's even billed, like, on the big fights, like Ferguson versus Khabib. Khabib, yeah, I know. They don't McGregor versus Khabib. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Now, because but, uh, we're... So, like, what I was going to say, we're not going to see that fight now because he lost. And that was probably your yeah. biggest concern going in. Well, that was my biggest concern. Um, and to be honest with you, so uh, that's really why I was pushing for him. And, and now that it sat with me a little bit, he's really not too far off from fighting for the title again. Yeah. You know, maybe not Khabib. We would like to see that fight. But fighting, you know, from fighting the winner of, of Gaethje Khabib, it isn't too far. I mean, all he has to do is, I, and, you know, I, I'm saying it with ease, like it's not hard, but uh, what he would probably have to do is just have an impressive win, and he's right there in title contention. You know what I mean? Like, he went five rounds with Justin Gaethje, um, you know, 
he dropped Justin Gaethje in the second round. You know, if Justin didn't make those uh, adjustments, the whole entire fight could have been different. Tony could have won. Tony didn't try any ground game either. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't say, you know, Gaethje destroyed him. He doesn't deserve it. He needs to bite a bunch. I mean, I know Tony's mentality is going to be like, I'm going to crush everyone in my way, and I'm going to work my way up. And that's the best way to to think about it. But I really do think, you know, you throw him an opponent, and if he beats him or finishes him in good fashion, I'd say he's right there for, um, you know, a title fight. But it's not as clear as it once was, though, you know? Like, he's going to have to impress Dana White in a big way, win a big fight, and then earn it if Justin Gaethje isn't able to pull off another upset against Khabib, which I think that one's a lot more unlikely than this one was. Like, this one was definitely, like, odds-on favorite was Ferguson over Gaethje, and I thought he was going to win, but no one else really thought he was going to win, at least not the majority of people out there. Uh, picks up a big upset win. Everybody's stunned. Um, your boy, John Anik, stunned. Yeah. Joe Rogan, stunned. Gotta love Joe Rogan's reactions to a lot of these fights. Yeah. But at the end of the day, Geechee picks up a big win, and now he's got to have the fight of his life coming up. I, it's not confirmed, but it's most likely going down. Yeah, well, Dana White uh, said today to one of the ESPN um, reporters that he would like the fight to happen between Khabib and uh, Gaethje in the summer. Uh, he would like to have it ha- uh, happen at Fight Island. He doesn't know if it'll be the first fight at, on Fight Island, but that's where it'll have to be because Khabib's in Russia. Yeah. But um, we'll see. You know, I, there's a, right now so many people are talking. Um, Connor's tweeting. Everyone's tweeting. Everyone's talking. You know, we just got to see what. They announce, um, and they're going to probably announce it relatively soon, you know, because if they're going to fight in July, then that's right around the corner, essentially. Um, even though, you know, UFC 250 still has some, some empty spots, but uh, it's right around the corner. They have a lot of options. Um, a lot of people want to fight, so we'll see. I mean, I do think the right thing to do, though, is have Khabib fight someone, I, I think. Yeah. Um, I think you got to make Justin have Justin Gaethje versus Khabib. I think right now Justin Gaethje poses the biggest threat to Khabib out of anyone in the division. Really? Yeah, one hundred percent. Especially after seeing how he fought. If I if I if let's say let's say uh, Justin fought how he normally fights, right? And, and goes out wild in the first two rounds, and like let's say he stopped Tony Ferguson, right? Normal, the normal way he fights, I would probably have Khabib. But the thing is, is he the way he showed us how he fought against Tony Ferguson, how he didn't gas out at all, and we know Tony Ferguson has a wild gas tank and can probably be best gas tank in the division. He hung with him the whole entire time, stayed calm, was precise. Still threw power, was accurate, was he was all around. You know, he fought a great fight. Even throwing some leg kicks that landed on on Ferguson. I think, obviously, I, I, I think if he can, and Justin has a good wrestling background. If he can stop Khabib, 
um, from taking him down a decent amount. I mean, we know Khabib could probably take down anyone at some point, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's a matter of how long can you keep him um, from taking you down. But if he could stop him for two rounds and keep it on the feet and get ahead, you know, maybe even rock Khabib, you know, we really haven't seen Khabib be hurt or get hurt. Um, he's really just dominated his fights. So, I and I think just with Justin's wrestling background, with that, you know, um, standpoint, and then I think he's the better striker. I just think overall he poses the biggest threat. And to me... I, I like that fight because it's. It, I think it could be a brawl because we know Khabib will stand in and trade punches, and yeah. it should be interesting to watch. So almost, almost as interesting to see with Ferguson. See, the thing about Ferguson against Khabib is we. I know that Ferguson would be on his back and and Khabib on top, and I would like to see Ferguson try and throw in some submissions on Khabib and see how it goes. You know, but. We're not going to see Khabib versus Ferguson. We're, we're going to see Gaethje versus Ferguson. Now, would you have that same opinion? Like, obviously, you had Ferguson over Gaethje last week before the fight, but now that, like, would you have said that before this fight? Because we've seen upsets in the past, you know, Nate Diaz over Conor McGregor, most notably known, and then he comes back and puts up a hell of a fight in the in the, the second one. Uh, co- comes up a little bit short. We're still kind of waiting on that trilogy. Cross your fingers. But... To me, like, Justin Gaethje, as good as he is, as well-driven as he is going into this potential fight, I mean, Khabib's just a totally different animal, I think. Exactly, and we really wouldn't know until we see it. Yeah. Um, and like I said, if I had a, or like you were just saying, uh, asking me, if I had to predict this last week, probably would say how I think it would go was um, it would be Trading for the first two rounds, probably Khabib would probably end up taking him down because I I knew Justin has good good takedown defense and he can wrestle a little bit. I, I think no matter what though, if Khabib's on top, it, it's rough. No matter how good of wrestling you are, it's, it's more so that yeah. little exchange of, of defending takedowns. But um, I would have told you that I think Justin would get worn out after two rounds and Khabib would just start smashing him and probably end up choking him out at some point later. In yeah. The uh, or Justin just toughs it out, and, and it's a decision in Khabib's favor. But now I see the adjustment he made, and how he's fought, how he fought a little bit slower and, and saved his energy and, and fought differently. I, I, I like Justin's uh, chances a lot more. And I honestly, if I were to have to predict the fight today, I, I think I'm going to take the underdog in Justin Gaethje. Wow. Yeah. He didn't take him last week, so he's got to take him this time. He's got to make up. I know. I know. It's like, oh, he's jumping on the train. But really, like, I like the adjustments this guy made. I really think if he fight, if he can, if he fights the same way he fought against Tony Ferguson, I mean, Tony Ferguson, 12-fight win streak in the lightweight division and kind of lost in eight years. I mean, and he got, he got beat up. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I really like the way Justin Gaethje fought, and I think I think if there's a guy to do it, it's probably him to be to be Khabib. So I would probably take him. I mean, we're gonna let's see. see. Let's see what happens. I mean, I, I think Connor wants to fight him before before anyone fights Khabib. So we'll see. And that's interesting because that fight to me is the most dangerous for Justin Gaethje. Did he call him out on Twitter? 
Yeah, the, Connor went crazy. I, I'm really hoping he's not back to that uh, Khabib time when he was really going crazy, like angry Connor. I crazy, like bat shit, fucking insane. I mean, he threw a yeah. chair through oh, the window of a bus. That, but after that, even like when they had the press conference with the two of them, I didn't like how he was acting. I like, I liked a lot how he was acting when. He had uh, the press conferences and the interviews when he was about to fight Cowboy. I, I like that Connor a lot more. That's kind of the older Connor that I, I was hoping would come back out. Um, so I'm hoping it's just I'm just reading it in an angry way yeah. of what he's tweeting and stuff. I'm hoping really it's it's uh, when he comes back he'll be the same as he was when he was about to fight Cowboy. Um, but. I think he poses a very big threat to Justin Gaethje because just of how high level of his striking is. I mean, yeah. his striking is ridiculous. Um, and you know he's staying in shape. He's still training very hard. Yeah, for sure. And if I had a guess, I bet he has his coaches coming over. Oh, yeah. And they're training. So, I, you know, and, and he has a lot of options like we were talking about last time. Uh, I bet Masvidal is a big option. And I, I think Connor wants to get the... Nate Diaz trilogy done with. I think he wants to get that going so that way he can finish his business in the lightweight division. And also, he wants the third fight with Nate to be at 155. He said that for a long time now. So, that would help him. He has another lightweight fight. Um, and then, maybe a title fight or whatever. And He's talking about 170, but I, I think he's just getting cocky like yeah. he, he normally does. But it, it should be interesting to see how it uh, pans out because I know he's throwing smoke at just uh, at Dustin Poirier too, and I know we've talked about that for a while. Yeah. But, um, there's a lot of options, and I honestly, if I had to pick how it would fold out right now, um, I would like to see Gaethje versus Khabib. I would like to see whenever Tony's ready to come back, Tony fights Dustin Poirier, and I think. Connor fights Masvidal or Diaz. See, that's in, like you said. Like he has so many options. Connor does. I we, know. we can see the trill. I think the trilogy is the one that's most far off, unfortunately. But Connor, yeah. Connor versus Masvidal, Connor versus Poirier, and Connor versus Geechee. I mean, those are all viable options. Like, oh, like, yeah. like Connor's mouth might be writing checks that his ass can't catch right now. He, he is, he is the notorious one. But like, come on, man. Like these are these are think, these are dangerous fighters. Yeah, and I also think he just he throws stuff out like he's got the power to say it. You know what I mean? And I yeah. mean, I was thinking earlier today when he's tweeting all this stuff about like 170, and I think about like how does the phone call sound between Conor McGregor and Dana White? He's like, "What are you saying this stuff for?" And I could see Dana laughing, and he's like, "He's like, oh, I'm fooling with these guys." You know what I mean? Like I could just imagine how. I could only imagine how any of those Conor McGregor, Dana White phone calls go. Yeah, I mean, we know they have a good relationship, and even through everything Conor's done and been through, I think think they both uh, see eye to eye, you know? Yeah. I mean, that'll be interesting going forward, who Justin Gaethje goes with after this. Obviously, the biggest win of his career over Tony Ferguson at UFC 249. Huge upset in the fifth round. And then, of course, tomorrow night, or I guess tonight, this is out on Wednesday, recording this on a Tuesday night. UFC fight night, May 13th. Glover Teixeira back in business, back in the house tonight in the main event. We got Teixeira versus Smith. 
Uh, but first, I wanted to talk to you because you were watching the event. I was in and out. I was watching, obviously, uh, John Anik, Joe Rogan, and, of course, DC on the call. Were they all separated? Like, they weren't at the same booth, right? Yeah, so they were separated. Um, and it, interesting thing was that a lot of the fighters said that they could hear um, the announcer. Or, yeah. yeah. So they could hear uh, the announcers. And specifically, they could hear DC. Um, I know Greg Hardy said that he could hear DC, saying that it helped them think about adjusting and, and um, blocking light kicks, which actually... Uh, DeCastro, That's a huge uh, advantage if you really think about it. Yeah, it did, because what happened was DeCastro uh, hurt his foot in round two and kind of stopped fighting after yeah. that. I had DeCastro winning the first round, and then after that, Greg Hardy won the, the second and third, and it changed the whole entire fight because he kind of stopped fighting after, like, he wasn't aggressive. Yeah. He hurt it in the middle of round two and, like, didn't throw a strike after that at all. Um, so... It, that definitely affected, and I know uh, Carla Esparza said she heard Daniel Cormier, and it helped her adjust and change that fight too. So it's interesting because normally they're used to the loud crowd and they can't hear the announcers, you know. So it's, yeah. it's an interesting thing. Uh, I know uh, I watched an interview of Dominic Cruz um, with Ariel Hawani, and Ariel asked him if he could hear the announcers, and Dominic said. He, he couldn't hear them, and he wasn't, I don't think, focused on hearing them. So I think it depends on the the, the fight and what's going on. I mean, I, I'm sure the main event fights, um, the teams were probably louder, yelling, more intense. Um, they probably weren't as focused on listening to what's going on outside. Plus, it's higher tempo, you know. The, the undercard fights um, will slower down, slower pace, and you can probably hear what they're saying more. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was interesting. And and speaking of, of Dominic Cruz and Henry Cejudo, we didn't really touch on it, but Henry, what do you think about Henry Cejudo saying he's going to retire? It's shocking to me. I mean, I know. I mean, it's not like we haven't seen this before guy going yeah. out and he vacates the championship, but like at the same time, I feel like we've seen it way too many times, you know? I know. I think, I think partially what it is, is he wants money. Um, I, he wants money, and but the thing is also like, and when he said like, you know, I've been doing this since I'm 11 years old, like, like, and after wrestling, uh, you know, my senior year, I really kind of realized that like, it's a grind, oh, yeah. the whole entire life, like, and weight cutting and all of it, like, it's something, it's not like anything else, and he's been doing it forever, and he's been so successful. I mean, he's really done everything you could do. The only thing I could think that he might go do is box. Because, um, think, he dominated wrestling. He dominated yeah. MMA. Like, you know, and he probably needs money. I know he mentioned real estate in a post-fight interview, and he'll probably do that. But, like, he's in great shape. He's still young. He probably wouldn't have to cut weight as, as heavily as he's going to, or as he was doing, um, to box. So, and I know uh, him and uh, Ryan Garcia were, were going after it on, on Twitter. Which would be interesting to see. I'd like to see uh, Cejudo box. He's got good striking. He's got some power. It'd be interesting to see. I mean, even if he only does one one match uh, or yeah. one fight in boxing, it'd be interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I think if you he, if he's doing this partially for money, I think 
I don't think he's going to get the money. I think they'll offer him a little bit more, but I don't think he's going to get what he wants. Well, it's interesting that you bring this up because I don't know if you've seen the video on Facebook, but Mike Tyson is getting back into uh, quote-unquote boxing shape. Oh, yeah, I've seen videos. He looks scary, though. Like, like, no way would I want to go in there with him. Even if I was a fighter... I still don't think I'd want to go in with Mike Tyson at all. What do you think's going through his mind, though, right now? Do you actually think that he's making a comeback, or do you think he's just joking around? No, I, I think he's gonna. I think he's gonna fight Expedition, probably only like three or four round fights. But I think he's serious. I think he wants to get back in shape. I think he likes the feeling. Um, I think he's probably just a little crazy and just wants to do yeah. something, you know. But uh, I think. I don't think he's going to go fight some young son no, no, or no, anything. No, no. I think he'll just fight an older person. Or, who's going to want to fight know, Mike somebody. Tyson, though? I mean, he's 53 yeah, years old, but who's going to want to fight him? want to fight him. I know. I think they were saying Holyfield was training. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Can you imagine if they had another fight? Oh, my God. But who knows? We'll see. I mean, I know he was... That, I, would, be, that would be great for boxing during this quarantine period, though. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've seen... Uh, videos of Mike Tyson with Francis. Could you imagine if he helped out Francis? Oh my god. I mean, the, the knockout on, on Rosenstrike was, was unbelievable. I mean, it was pretty much, it was, what, like 20 seconds in? Yeah. I, rem- I remember watching it and being like, as soon as he started moving forward, I was like, uh-oh. And then he was lights out. It was ridiculous. I mean, he'd, he'd be, um, he'd be crazy enough, man. I know. I think he'd have the mindset for it. Yeah, and, and well, see, the thing about Francis is, is he deserves a title shot, you know, and we were saying that before, um, what's going to happen uh, after this fight, you know, but um, apparently DC saying if Stipe won't fight him, that he will, which is interesting. Do you think DC's done, or do you think he's, you think he's still flirting? Well, well, DC wants to fight Stipe, and Stipe's saying he wants to fight him, Stipe's just got to, you know, his, his gym has to open, and I think he's kind of worried with his eye. He had a torn retina. Yeah. I think he's a little nervous with that, which I totally understand. An eye injury is kind of different from anything else. Um, but DC saying he would fight Stipe, or he would fight Stipe, obviously, but he would fight Francis Ngannou for the championship if Stipe was stripped. Hmm. Um, yeah. So it's interesting. I think what we'll end up seeing is a combination of one of those three, you know? Yeah. One of those three fights. And I think, honestly, I think Francis beats everyone, probably except those two. I think those two are the two that are able to avoid getting hit super heavy and take him down and wear him out. Um, You know, I mean, but obviously he he could catch him. But it would be interesting to see. Who knows? Would, he say, would you say that he's your favorite fighter right now? Oh, no, no, he's not my favorite fighter, no. Who is your favorite fighter, Mikey? That, that's hard. Is that, is, that a, is that a kid question? It's a hard question because there's so many fighters in the whole entire roster, and there's so many divisions. And you don't want to say, like, when someone asks you that, you don't want to say, oh, like, and I did it. I said DC and, and, and Connor, but you don't want to say, like, the most common, most popular fighters, but, like, I, it's hard, it's hard to... You want to feel like a fight guy, you want to, you wanted to talk fight, so I, I asked him that question because, uh, Mike here, MMA Mike, 
Um, it was about, like, what, a month ago we talked when you started your new social media page, MMA Mike? Yeah, but I really think I've only had it running for three weeks, three, four So you've only had it running for three weeks. You're, um, three weeks. you're in talks about starting your own MMA podcast, and you were invited on one of the top UFC podcasts the other day with uh, UFC league play-by-play broadcaster John Anik, who was on the call Saturday night, as well as former three-time UFC challenger Kenny Florian. You should have said you should have said Kenny was one of your favorites. I know, but that would have sounded so suck upish. Yeah, but you guys could have joked around about it, you know. Yeah, I guess so. I guess could have so. eased you into the conversation. So you were yeah. you were on their podcast, uh, Anik and Florian. Why don't you talk a little bit about how that uh, came to happen? Because again, you're still just a high school senior as of right now. You haven't graduated just yet. You got a couple more weeks there, bud. But uh, yeah, just about to graduate high school, and you're on one of the most famous UFC podcast out there presented by Fox Sports nonetheless yeah, it, it was a great experience and honestly um, you know it really showed me that like it, just a little bit of time that I've had on the social media uh, platforms that I've made um, that I could connect to, to some pretty cool people some pretty famous people um, and it gives you a little confidence boost that you could reach out and your voice could be heard you know Um so I was listening to their podcast, and they were talking about high school seniors and, uh, you know, the unfortunate uh, that a lot of seniors won't – actually, most seniors just won't be finishing, you know, high school and certain, um, you know, graduation and prom not happening and whatnot. So they wanted to bring a senior on, and I reached out, and uh, I got a response, and they brought me on at the end of the show, and it was it was – it was a cool experience. So I got the audio here. This is Mike Battaglino. You were on for about 10 minutes. About. You, yeah. you wanted... I mean, honestly, honestly, it was short, but it felt like a long time. And even if it was just a minute, it was still a cool experience. They talk about his favorite fighters, him not graduating in person on the football field at Westmore Central High School. Yeah, but we're going to have a ceremony online virtually. Oh, well, that's that's just sunshine, peaches, and cream. That's the only way I can describe that. Yeah, apparently they're saying they might do something in July uh, for, like, a graduation thing, but we'll see. And then apparently in August we might do, like, a, a prom-style thing, but it's going to be so hot. And the tux in August, come on. Can you imagine? I'm trying to think who's worn tuxes in, in hot weather. Nope, none are coming to me. Here's MMA Mike on the Anakin Florian podcast on the show I mentioned of all the kids out there that have been impacted by the circumstances and there is Ken Flo surrounding COVID-19 and isolation and quarantine I was feeling most for these high school seniors who maybe lost their senior spring or their prom don't get to walk at graduation so joining us right now he's an avid Anakin Florian podcast listener and a UFC fan he's representing West Morris Central High School in Long Valley New Jersey he is Mike Battalino did I pronounce that right Mike uh, yeah, it's Bataglino. Bataglino, all right. Well, we yeah, appreciate you, you reaching out, man, and uh, it, it's cool to have you on the show for me and Kenny. I mean, so what have the last few weeks been like as you've sort of lost your senior spring? Yeah, thanks for having me on. But, uh, it, you know, I was keeping positive, hoping, you know, we would go back uh, when we first, you know, got out of school and 
doing it online and stuff and uh, trying to keep hope, you know, keep positive that we would go back. And when we heard the news that we weren't going back and, you know, we would finish the school year online and uh, and now recently hearing that, you know, graduation is going to be online virtually, it was kind of upsetting, um, especially that it's my senior year and, you know, you'd like to finish it off. And with the spring uh, coming up and the summer, you know, you want to be out, you want to see people. So it's a little, little frustrating, but trying to keep positive. So are you going to college in the fall? If you don't mind my asking? Yeah, I am. I'm attending uh, Scranton university, but, uh, so I don't know what, you know, will happen with that. I mean, right. whether I'll be online or if I'll be able to go in right. fall. Just crazy, man. So, uh, so were you able to sit down and, and watch the pay-per-view this weekend? I was, I was, and it was awesome. It was such yeah. a great card, such such great fights, um, and it was nice to have some live entertainment. Uh, you know, it brought some positivity into everything, and super entertaining. So going into that Gaethje-Ferguson fight, Mike, did you feel like Tony was going to win, or, or were you on the Gaethje side? <laughs> to be honest with you, I, I, I was with Ferguson. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I was super entertained by the fight it was a war it was awesome uh i just didn't think that would happen to tony ferguson uh you know he got hit with a bunch of big shots and right. so tough shows how, how tough he really was and everything but crazy fight i mean justin gaethje really really showed his adjustments on you know not not gassing out and we all know tony ferguson has a gas tank so it was right. very cool to see so before i let you go i just gotta know you're a young man uh, I mean, are you too young to, to remember, like, Ken Flo's fighting prime? I mean, like, when people say Kenny Florian, I mean, does that sound like a fossil or a fighter that you've heard of? <laughs> uh, definitely a fighter that I've heard of, but a little little too young to, like, uh, be, be, uh, when he was fighting. A little too young to uh, be, you know, watching that. But I, I, I obviously very aware of who he is and i've right. gone back and watched his his uh fights and whatnot so that's hey cool. mike mike who's your, who's your favorite fighter right now man oh that's so hard to pick it's so hard to pick i mean i like so many different fighters and so many different Name your top three how about top three who are your top three favorite fighters right now dude right now uh i gotta say dc's in there daniel cormier um Conor McGregor's got to be in there. He's he's one of the guys who who really turned me on to uh, the featherweight division. And then when when he uh, when he went up to lightweight and everything, and uh, that really brought me into those divisions. And then um, the third one, I'm not really sure. Those are probably my top two, definitely. Yeah. But uh, well, uh, I, there's so there's so many though, you know. Well, we really appreciate you, and just know that our heart kind of goes out to you, maybe losing some of these big things that you've been looking forward to the whole time. But we wish you all the best at Scranton in the fall if you're indeed able to matriculate. Rep in West Morris Central High School, Long Valley, New Jersey, the great Mike Battaglino. Thanks for coming on, my man. Thanks for listening. And uh, maybe we'll have you back on uh, later in the year to make some picks when we got more time, buddy. Sounds good. Thank you so much for having me on. You guys are the best.
Our pleasure. All right, if you want more AnnaFlorianPodcast.com, you can watch the show there. You can listen to the show there. Merchandise is also up there as well. And we will be back with you maybe on Thursday. We'll have some content with Paul Felder, but at the very least, we'll be back with you on Monday. We'll get into UFC 249 in a more in-depth way and also recap the two shows coming up here in Jacksonville Wednesday and Saturday. Flo, text me back Wednesday night. No, he always texts me back. I just, you know... I love when all of a sudden I look down on my phone, it says Kenny Florian and not Ray Lago. I know. I always feel like I'm bothering you. You know, you've got stuff going on. All right, I will go. You're the fucking analyst goat. All right, for Ken Flo, I'm John Anik. Thanks to TJ DeSantis, Cody Merrow, Ian Parker, Ray Longo, Mike Bataglino. We'll talk to you to, to, to all of you next Monday. Thanks for all the support on the broadcast over the weekend. Until then, yo fucking later. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Its content is intended for private use only. And that was MMA Mike's debut on UFC's Anakin Florian podcast, again presented by Fox Sports. Uh, you were definitely caught off guard by the uh, favorite fighter question. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 you know what I was thinking about? Because I was thinking about the questions that they might ask, and I was like, you think the last few go? My favorite fighter? I was like, nah, it's too, it's a little bit too of, childish. Too, too childish. And then they asked me, and I was like caught off guard by it. Um, yeah, but honestly, like, McGregor truthfully really brought me into fighting. I mean, um, when, you know, his rise to, to being the featherweight champion is, is really, like, awesome to me. Um, that's what brought me in. And uh, and then, obviously, watching him gain the lightweight championship at uh, fighting Diaz in the, in the uh, rivalry, that was awesome, so... And then that, that just sprouted me into watching everything else. So, um, And DC's awesome. I like him as a person. I like his fights. Uh, and honestly, if, if looking back on it, if I, if I could have thought of a third real fast, I probably would have said Max Holloway because Max Holloway is a cool dude. Yeah. Um, I like his fight style. Um, I like his personality. I, I probably would have said him. I could have thought about it uh, a little quicker. Well, let's talk about more fighters then, because we got we got a big event tonight. And I know Kenny Florian, uh, expert gambler out there, probably setting his picks, giving his advice. We got Anthony Smith versus Glover Teixeira. Are you a Tex guy? Or are you a Tony uh, guy? Uh, I'm, a, I'm going with Anthony Smith here because, like he he hung on, he hung in five rounds of John Jones, the best in the world at that division. Yeah. Um, and Glover, you know, always seemed to come a little short uh, against some guys, you know, right about when he's about to get to that title, like when he lost against Gustafson. And, and you know, obviously Anthony Smith has a win over him. So um, I think, you know, obviously both great fighters, um, both high credentials, but I think Anthony Smith's going to go in there and get the job done. Um, and I'm, I'm even going to go out on a limb and say he's going to knock him out around round two. Wow. Okay. I, I'm, I'm definitely, I agree with you on the sense that he went the distance with one of the best ever in JBJ. Uh, Glover Teixeira, equal, if not maybe a little less experience here. I mean, the record speaks for itself, 30-7. and seven. I'm going with Smith here just because you've convinced me right there. I was probably leaning towards Glover just because I like the, the guy. 
Uh, he he's in there. He's like in that Cub Swanson category for me. He's like not, okay. not he's not necessarily like one of the most elite fighters out there that I would like classify as like one of my all time favorites because of yeah. that. But like just from like a personal standpoint, I just I just dig the guy. You know? Yeah. I dig the like fighter. Cub Swanson. He's a great guy. You know, just coming short a couple times. You know, and just having some rough breaks and stuff. You know, but yeah. I mean, uh, who else we got? We got Big Bad Ben, Ben Rothwell on this card as well. Yeah. You can't go wrong with Big Bad Ben. No, and, and I'm going to take him in this fight, and uh, I, I can't decide between going with uh, a decision win or a knockout, but... I mean, it's not going to be a uh, walk in the park, not a cakewalk here. No, not at all, and and not at all. And uh, Ovin St. Proofs, you know, he, he has that flu... Uh, yeah, I forget what it's called. Something flu choke that he that he hits a lot of people with and submits them. So we'll see. Um, but you know he's going up to heavyweight. He's he's formerly a light heavyweight, and he didn't really have a super amount of power. You know, knocking out light heavyweight. So I can't see he's gonna you know do that to Ben uh, Rothwell. Um, so I'm I'm going with Ben Rothwell. Yeah, I'm definitely going Ben Rothwell here. Just the experience. I mean, 37 wins. You can't go wrong there either. Uh, and again, just in past fights, he's, the guy's a monster. I mean, St. Proust is no joke either. Uh, what was, yeah. he, was he 24 and 13 going into this fight? I mean, it's going to be close. Like, if I had to choose, I, I'm, I would go Rothwell by decision. I don't think we're going to see a knockout here. I think it's very plausible to see a knockout here, either side, early on in the bout. But at the same time, I feel like both guys are going to be mano a mano throughout the entire thing. And I do, yeah. I do think Rothwell will come out on top. Yeah, I wasn't 100% sure what my finish, uh, how the fight he was going to do, but I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to go with uh, a decision. Who do we, we got Alexander Hernandez, Drew Dober. I'm pretty I don't know. this to be the fight of the night. Interesting. That's a good call. Yeah. I think it's going to be I don't a great know. fight. Um, Alexander Hernandez is—he is, puts the pace on some people um, in his past fights. And Drew Dober can brawl. Uh, I think, I think Hernandez is going to win, but uh, I think it's going to be a little bit of a war. Obviously, either one could get the finish in a knockout. I think they're going to both stand and bang. But I'm going to go with Hernandez. Uh, I think Drew Dober's tough, so I think yeah. Hernandez is going to take him to the end uh he's got good cardio and i think uh he's gonna take the decision i mean it's hernandez versus dober it's like young and fiery versus kind of tough and experienced here because dober's definitely got way more fights than alexander hernandez yeah but at the same time i mean i don't know but hernandez came into the ufc and and kind of lit up i mean he lost to uh, Cowboy Cerrone. They might have pushed a uh, too high of a level guy on him too fast, you know? But yeah. um, I, I like Hernandez in this fight. I think it's going to be a great fight. I do think this is going to be a fight of the night if I had to pick one. That's going to be interesting. I'm going to have to look out for Hernandez versus Dober. We got Ricky versus Ray, though. I, I actually like this matchup. I think this is a very equal matchup in the bantamweight division. Ricky Simone versus Ray Borg. I agree with you. Who do you have? I am probably going to go... See, this is another tough one. It is. It is. I like I like Ricky's power, but again, I feel like... Mm. I know, and they're too... This is, this is probably the most equal matchup on this card. 
I agree. Except if I, ha- I, I which I do have to pick because I, I I go on verdict. Um, I'm I'm going with Ray Borg in a decision, but uh, Borg. Just because I, I like the guys that he's fought. I mean, I don't know. I, I it's tough. It's a tough one. Who do you got in Carl versus Marvin? Marvin Vittori versus Carl Robinson. This is another one of those where it's kind of like young and fiery versus tough and experienced. Yeah, I'm going with uh, Vittori because Carl uh, Robertson is the only one uh, who did not make weight. Interesting. And okay. When you don't when you don't make weight, you kind of kind of you kind of already lost. And I, I forget who said that, but it does make sense. I mean, for example, like. Jeremy, uh, Jeremy Stevens, you know, you you miss weight. It, it puts you in a bad uh, mental state, and and that kind of motivates the other the other fighter because they're pissed off because you know you didn't make weight, yeah. you know, and it gives you a little motivation. And you know, also like I'm getting paid now more because you miss weight, so I'm gonna go out and kick your ass too. So uh, I and I probably would have went with Vittori either. I did have it selected before. Um, Robertson missed weight, but when I heard that, I it made me make that decision even more. And I think I think uh, Vittori will win by decision as well. I would probably go Vittori here too if I was a betting man. It's just it's Ricky Ray and then Alexander versus Drew Dober. Those are the two fights because I definitely have Smith over Teixeira, Rothwell over St. Prukes, but I don't know. I'm I think I'd go the experience. I think I'd go Drew Dober over Alexander Hernandez. I see a humbling fight here. For yeah, it, young Alex, I can see that too. I do, um, and it's split. A lot of people have this split, so it'll be an interesting. That's why I think it'll be the fight of the night. You know, yeah. what I mean? um, it, it's an interest. It's interesting to see what unfolds. Like if it came down to it, I'd choose Drew Dober. But in this Ricky Simone Ray Borg fight, I it, I think it's just as equal as it gets. Yeah, I'll probably I'll probably for the reasons you explained, I'll probably go with Borgie uh, Ray Borg in this one. But I don't know. Like if I'm a betting man, that's a tough. That's a tough. Uh, it is. I don't know, and that and that's that's the main card, obviously for uh, tonight, 9 p.m. Eastern time in Jacksonville, Jacksonville Arena on ESPN Plus. UFC Fight Night Smith versus Teixeira. We also have another fight night coming up, the 16th. Uh, yes, it's the 16th. The yep, 16th. Saturday. And that's where uh, Alistair Overeem is going to make his return to the octagon. Alistair Overeem versus Walt Harris. I feel like Alistair Overeem has the clear advantage in this fight. I do too. I don't think it's even Walt, close. I know Walt Harris was going through some personal things. Yeah. Um, I'm, and, you know, how he will handle that, um, you know, when he comes into back into fighting. It should be interesting to see how he is. I mean, I'm sure he's probably using it as motivation, but it's got to be hard to deal with still. Um, but Al- like you said, Alistair Overeem has so much uh, experience. And um, I- I'm picking Alistair Overeem in this. Uh, you know, he was coming off of a loss. Um, he's had some losses, but I, I think I think he's going to get it done, um, especially if he takes Walt Harris down. Uh, I don't think Harris will will do too well with, with Alistair Overeem on top of him. Uh, yeah, I don't think it's even close. I mean, he's definitely, like you just mentioned, he's put in the work, he's going to put up a fight, but Alistair Overeem, to me, just the experience alone, uh, 45 wins coming into this bout, I think it's a no-brainer. I, I, I think it's going to be close. If I, what, what, what did you predict for the overall fight in the end? Um, so I had it in decision, but I'm not, I'm not uh, I haven't, 
You haven't gone on verdict yet, is what you're saying. Yeah, I, I put it in as decision, but I'm, I'm not. I didn't lock it in. You know, I could always yeah. change it to a finish somewhere. Um, but I, I'm, as of right now, keeping it as, as a decision. Who's gonna be your? I would probably take him in a TKO. I don't know which round. Maybe like the fourth round. I know. I know. I'm not 100 percent sure what round. Probably if I had to pick which round you'd finish Harris, it'd probably be three or four. Who do you think's the uh, the fight of the night? If it's not that, um, I'd go down the list, uh, but I can't pronounce half these names. It's ridiculous. Yeah, uh, you know, some of these some of these fighters I'm not super super familiar with, but um, Dan Ig versus Edson Barboza could be interesting because uh, it, it, Ig's going to go in there and and brawl, and Barboza's yeah. going down to 145, and he's already very lean. So I don't know how that weight cut's going to go for him. I'm taking Ig in there. I'm going to say he finishes Barboza in round two or three. Um, probably two, but th- that could be that could be a crazy fight. Um, or one of the earlier ones. You know, I'm not 100% sure which, which fight will be the fight of the night right there. Um, but yeah, I'm taking Ig against Barboza. I don't like Barboza down. At 145, um, and I like Ig style. See, uh, to me, just by looking at the matchups, obviously this is the featherweight fight, but Marlon Vera versus, and do you know if this is correct, Song Yedong? I think that, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Song Yedong is this guy's name. So he's 15-4-1, and one, and then Marlon Vera is 15-5-1. That's probably the most yeah. equal matchup going in. Again, not like a colossal fight, but... I know, very close. And I, I went with Song Yudong. Song Yudong. That's that's probably my new favorite name, dude. That's up there with Cub Swanson. It's pretty awesome, Song Yudong. Song Yudong. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So that's UFC uh, UFC Fight Night on the 16th, and then UFC 250 shortly after that. Yeah, and I know they they haven't a hundred percent like it's they haven't finished you know their card yet. Um, We'll see what, you know, who, I, who they put on and whatnot, um, but I'm assuming it's going to be stacked, you know? Yeah. And is that going to be in June or July? June 6th. June 6th. So that'll be uh, before the next two fight nights. So we got two fight nights coming up in the 6th. We got UFC 250, and they haven't announced it yet. No, no, yeah. They've been kind of quiet about it. I think because they have these two events they got to get through. Yeah. Um, and then they're going to have an event, uh, a fight night on the 23rd. Um, so they got that to get through too, and then UFC 250. So we got some fights ahead of us, you know. Yeah, I mean, you talk to him. What's the one thing that you would want to ask John Anik? Because we've confirmed we're going to have him on the show, whether it's yours or mine, here in the next few weeks after uh, this hectic next few weeks of fight night wraps up. What, what would be like the one thing that you'd want to ask John Anik? Yeah, I mean, there's, so, and I've actually given this some thought, um, especially because he said that you know I potentially may go back on his show later in the year if yeah. they have more time. And there's so many things that I could ask him, uh, fight-related or, or, you know, broadcasting-related. Um, what I would probably ask him, and I'd, I'd probably have a lot of questions to ask, but what I would probably ask him is about um, what what kind of guided his path to where he is and, and how it guided him there. Uh, if he always kind of had UFC sights in his in his eyes, or, or if 
he naturally just drifted there, you know what I mean? And I would obviously have to look at more of his background and, and uh, shape that question more. But because um, obviously, you know, his life is the way it is because of what he does, you know what I mean? And I know he loves it. Uh, so I would ask him about kind of his, his path to where he is now today, you know? Yeah, and he's only been in uh, MMA for as far as MMA coverage for ESPN. He's a Boston guy. Um, started in 2011 with the UFC. I guess he was an anchor on ESPN, so he had that before MMA. Before he did, started doing full MMA coverage, but basically he's an MMA guy through and throughout. Boston guy, uh, probably a huge McGregor guy. I definitely want to pick his brain about journalism and broadcast. I mean, that's what's going to make it a great conversation. You, you guys could talk about fight and broadcasting. I could talk yeah. about broadcasting. What was the actual setup like on Saturday? I didn't. I don't know if we ever got to that. Like, was Rogan in one corner and Anik wasn't another? And DC obviously was right next to the freaking cage because. Um, yeah, so they they were all spread Greg out. Yeah, they were all spread out. They were all at their separate tables. And uh, I guess they were just like, if you split the, the octagon into like a triangle, that's how they were kind of set up around it. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> that's nuts. Yeah. I, I love how they had the, the split screens of all three of them. Like, can you hear me? Yeah. yeah. Um, but I know John Anik was talking about how it was difficult to get uh, their promos in, you know, how they talk. They, uh, give promos about Manscaped and, and, and uh, devour foods and stuff. And he said it's normally easier when he's sitting next to them uh, to get it, you know, to speak in because he can tap Joe Rogan and let him know that he needs yeah. to get it in. Um, and he said it was very difficult to get it in this time because he had to wait and make sure they were done, but also make sure it's a good time in the fight to say it. Uh, <laughs> so that was that was interesting to hear. Oh, yeah, for sure. Especially when they're, like, talking to their directors and their producers as well, trying to communicate yeah. with all three of those guys. I mean, it gets nuts sometimes. I mean, production sure. production gets glitchy it, just on a normal broadcast, but the fact that they had to set up three different uh, uh, tables for the guys in three different places, I that's just bananas to me. Yeah, it's it's got to be difficult, but they're, they're the best there is at it. Um, yeah. So... I can only imagine what Stephen A. Smith would have done if he was there. Yeah, you know what? Speaking of him, I, I, I was listening to his, one of his things, and he was talking about Justin Gaethje, and he would like to see Justin Gaethje fight Conor McGregor next. Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, and then, and then uh, it was time to get on with you, so I, I shut that off. But uh, it was interesting to hear him, hear him talk about it. He's like full in now. Well, yeah, it's the only thing going on. It's the only thing that well, they can talk about. He's talking. He's he's like an MMA guy. He's got to make up for those lost comments that Joe Rogan gave him. Yeah, you know what? One thing I wanted to ask you. Uh, I know we're 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 coming down to the end, but uh, I wanted to ask you. Henry Cejudo's resume, with everything that he's done, held two belts, defended both white, uh, defended both, so he has two title defenses. On the, and I know he, he says he's going to retire, but on the pound-for-pound pound rankings, he's ranked number three, and Khabib's ranked number two. I think really? he should be ranked above Khabib, potentially even above John Jones. I wouldn't say above John I Jones. I wouldn't say above John Jones either. But I think he'd be above Khabib, don't you? I think it's a close call. I mean, obviously, like everything you just mentioned, I think he as of right now, deserves to be number two. No question. I think yeah. when it's all said and done, Khabib will surpass him. 
Because I do think, yes, like I yes. say it all the time, Khabib is a totally different animal. And until he actually yeah. loses a fight, I don't. I think he uh, deserves that number two slot over Cejudo. But as it stands right now, yes. Um, uh, given uh, yeah, as it uh, as it stands now, because obviously given his status living, right now, yes, it's a it's a living uh, ranking sheet, so it obviously changes as each fighter goes on. But yeah. I think after what and. and Henry Cejudo beating Dominic Cruz, one of the best bantamweights of all time. I think that does give him uh, an, another great check on his resume. Another big uh, notch for sure. Number, number two. Uh, just something that I was thinking of uh, since the event. Um, but, you know, I also think if he isn't going to retire, it would also help him because, you know, another win would also help state that uh, cause as well. But... Khabib is Khabib. He is an animal, and that's what he does. So, okay. So, 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 last question then. What, what's yes. the next big anticipated fight that you'd put on? Stephen A. Smith would want McGregor versus Geechee. I personally, if I had to pick one, I would probably go. Um, in the moment, I'd want to see the trilogy. Just as a fan, McGregor versus Diaz. I know Geechee, to me, Geechee's next opponent should be Khabib. I don't think it should be Connor. I know Connor wants him. I think Geechee's next opponent, after this, after defeating Tony, Fer, uh, Tony Ferguson, he's deserved the right to face Khabib. But to me, I want to see McGregor versus Diaz, first and foremost, the trilogy. I want to see who's the better man in that entire rivalry. I do, too. And, and, when I, and when I think about that kind of stuff, I also think of it through the business standpoint for yeah. the UFC, like what works best. Um, to, and I don't want to sound like, like, oh, to get it over with, but I think right now having Diaz and McGregor fight, it's probably the best situation, safest situation for McGregor yeah. to fight. Because, um, you know, with for him to get a loss, it's like, in the title contention, it really kind of starts putting him down. You know what I mean? Because he lost against Khabib. If he loses a title contention, he's kind of out of the title contention for the late, uh, lightweight. So to keep him in, but also not, like, and also if they don't have that fight soon, it'll eventually just get too far apart where it'll never happen, you know? So to me, I don't want to say getting it over with, but. Doing it now probably would be better than to wait. Um, unless you wait and hope, you know, you could get it in later in, in McGregor's career and hope Diaz is just still fighting. Because uh, who knows what's going to go on with, with uh, Nate Diaz. But I think you make Justin Gaethje versus Khabib. You make that fight um, that way that those two fighters are, are taken care of. Um, and... That's that's done with. I think really it needs to stop with the, the interim title uh, holder fighting someone else and then getting stripped and then the title or or the uh, the champion fighting not the interim champ. They fight someone else. Like they need to stick to how things are supposed to be. How yeah. the, the rules kind of lay out. Um, so I do think Khabib should fight Gaethje, and I'm super interested to see how that plays out. Um, I want to be on a podcast with you talking about that fight. Uh, so to further go into your wild prediction that Geechee has a chance against Khabib, which uh, he does. I, think, I don't. I, I don't think, think he's going to win. I think more than a chance. I think more than a chance. We'll we'll get into it when when that fight is announced. Um, we'll get into it. But 
I also am interested in, interested to see how long it takes Tony Ferguson to get uh, healthy. I mean, the orbital fracture is, is nothing to play around with. Yeah. Um, but how tough is he to not get knocked down, you know? Like, damn. But partially also why he got so beat up. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it'll be interesting to see who he ends up fighting when he comes back. But you also have uh, Dustin Poirier in the mix, you know? And I know he was talking about fighting Dan Hooker, who could fight, like, a Tony Ferguson on Tony Ferguson's comeback fight. Um, so there's a lot of, lot of mixed matches. Uh, and, obviously, Charles Oliveira, who could be in the mixed match, too, who could be a great fight for, for uh, Tony Ferguson to come back and fight. Yeah. I actually would like to see that happen. Tony Ferguson, on his comeback fight, fight Charles Oliveira, and this is how I'm going to play out the whole entire division to answer your question. Gaethje versus Khabib, Ferguson versus Oliveira, Poirier versus Hooker, McGregor versus... Diaz. And then I know we were talking about Masvidal before. Have that title fight against Kamaru Usman. That's the fight that you really want to see. Yes, I want to I want to see Kamaru Usman fight. And, and it, he could fight Masvidal or Leon Edwards or I want to see that title be be defended. I like the fighters in that division. I like all those fights. I I do yeah. agree with you in the sense that Khabib versus um Geechee needs to happen first, though. Because that, that's, that's, like you said, it's not, like, the rules, but, like, it's kind of the rule, you know? Like, he earned that even, fight. Not even first. Like, even if they had, like, let's say, uh, Dustin Poirier fight Dan Hooker before yeah. Khabib and, and Justin Gaethje fight, that's fine, just as long as the next title fight is Justin Gaethje and Khabib. You yeah. know what I mean? It'll be interesting to see. We got fight night tonight. Again, make your picks. Use my bookie by using the promo code capital BLV to get an extra grand and free money to play with. This was episode 193 presented by Belly Up Sports. Be sure to follow Belly Up Sports on Twitter, Mike, at Belly Up Sports. And if you're into buying tickets, uh, obviously UFC will probably be the first event to allow 25% capacity in Jacksonville at some point. You can head on over to TickPick.com by using the promo code OSHO10. That's capital O-S-H-O-W-10. For $10 off your next door. And, of course, Mike, banging weights, eating steaks, and sleeping aids. Head on over to MechaNutritionStore.com by using the promo code OSHO20. That's capital O-S-H-O-W-20 for $20 off your next order. Hit it, hoodie. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.